Welcome to HR Coffee Time, a podcast to help you have a successful and fulfilling HR career without working yourself into the ground. I'm your host, Faye Wallace. I'm a career coach and outplacement specialist with a background in HR, and I'm also the founder of Bright Sky Career Coaching. And the podcast hit 10,000 downloads last week, which was an amazing feeling. I really remember releasing the first ever episode last year and worrying that no one would listen to it and no one would like it. So a really big, huge thank you to you, whether you're tuning in for the first time today or if you've been listening all the way through from episode one. I really do appreciate you giving up your time week after week to listen to these weekly tips and I hope that they're making a real difference for you and your career. And I'd also like to say a particularly big thank you to my sister Holly, who has listened to every single episode without fail and sends me a message each week saying, well done, I really enjoyed it. And she doesn't even work in HR, and I don't think she ever particularly wants to. In fact, she's a very talented web designer. So if you ever find yourself in need of a website, let me know and I can send you her way. But moving on to today's topic, I have mentioned the idea of personal user manuals in a couple of other episodes. And today I'm finally going to cover this in detail. So what are personal user manuals? Well, I'll explain it properly in a moment, but essentially they are a simple but brilliant way of helping teams at work to thrive. So it's my hope that by the end of this episode, you're ready and excited about starting using them in your own team or even rolling them out to other teams in the organisation you work in. Personal user manuals are something that seem to be getting more and more popular as more people start to discover them. And the idea behind them is that we're all completely unique And unlike when we buy a toaster, a car or a TV, we don't come with a user manual or if you want another word for it, an instruction manual. So someone, I'm not sure who the original person was, even though I have tried to find out, came up with the brilliant idea of us all creating our own user manuals for work to share with our colleagues who we're going to be working alongside. And if you think about it for a moment, it does make a lot of sense. Working in HR, you'll have seen the friction that occurs between colleagues when they have a clash in personalities or working styles and just don't seem to understand each other at all. Or where team members aren't communicating or collaborating effectively, perhaps they're all just working away on what's important to them instead of pulling together to achieve their important team goals. Or perhaps there's no trust in a team with everyone gossiping about their boss or gossiping about each other behind their backs and moaning about how useless everyone is. None of these things are ideal if we want our teams and our workplaces to thrive. So by creating our own user manuals and talking about them and sharing them, it gives each of us the opportunity to avoid a lot of misunderstanding, to build trust between us and to find ways of working together as well as we can. There are different ways of approaching personal user manuals. You might want to have a set template that everyone uses. You might want to ask everyone to come up with their own templates in whatever format they prefer. 
You might want to sit down with the team as a group and agree collectively on the questions for everyone to reflect on that they're going to be using in their user manuals. The possibilities are endless really. It's completely up to you as to how you would like to run with this idea. But to help you get started with it, here are a few examples of some of the kinds of things that you might like to include in your personal user manual. So these are things like, the best ways to communicate with you. Do you hate emails but love Slack? Do you love having unscheduled calls or do you prefer meetings to be booked in with you at a specific time? How you like to receive feedback. Are you hungry for feedback on a particular aspect of your work? Do you like to receive feedback on a regular basis? Or are you quite uncomfortable with feedback and you want any constructive feedback to be given to you after some lovely positive feedback first? Do you want feedback in writing or do you like to have it over a chat? Your strengths and areas of expertise. As I am forever saying, we are all unique. The strengths and expertise you bring to the table are likely to be slightly different to everyone else's. So you can also use this as an opportunity to mention skills that you bring from former careers or hobbies. So maybe you're really comfortable with technology, maybe you're a PowerPoint whiz, or you're a great public speaker. Let everyone know. Don't assume they'll know this, even if you might have told them before. We've got really short memories. And with new people joining our organisations and people leaving, it's easy to forget who we've told what to and who knows what. Your professional background. So this could include where you've worked before, any specific training you've done, any sectors you've worked in that might be different to the one where you are now. It could be a whole host of things, just really filling everyone in on what's got you to the point you're at now. What gives you energy at work or what you enjoy the most about work? So are there particular projects or initiatives that you love being involved in? Do you feel in your elements when you're delivering training or when you're resolving grievances successfully? Whatever it is that you like the most, again, it's a great opportunity to share this with everyone. What drains you at work? So what are the things that make you feel fed up, demotivated, exhausted and dejected? It can be really helpful to share those because they'll often be different to everyone else and people just may not realise without you pointing it out. Conditions you like to work in. Do you need quiet time each day to focus on certain tasks? Do you like working in a busy environment? Are social events after work important to you? Do you like having an open door policy so that anyone can ask you a question at any time? What are the conditions that you would love to have in place to really help you thrive at work and be a great team member? Things you struggle with. So for me, this will probably always be <laughs> the danger of taking on too much and not saying no to stop myself from being overloaded. And that's often not saying no to myself when I've come up with a new idea for something else I'd like to try or do. It's something I've been working on and when I'm working in a team, I really appreciate it when other people say, Faye, are you sure about that? <laughs> to help me pause and think before I take on something new. Or another thing I can find hard is giving negative feedback when I'm working in a team. I can do it, but I have to really steal myself to do it. So this is a great example of how personal user manuals can be helpful because if someone else in the team has told me 
through their personal user manual that they really want constructive feedback and they're craving it to help themselves advance and improve, are much happier about sharing this with them. What you struggle with is again going to be completely unique to you. It's probably going to be very different to what I just shared about me, but hopefully you can see how it can be helpful to share it. And then finally, why not share a little information about your hobbies and life outside of work with a life outside of work section. Now I've shared some examples with you of types of questions or reflection points that you might want to include in your personal user manual for yourself and for your team. I'll just take a moment to explain how I learned about personal user manuals and let you know about some other resources on personal user manuals that you might find helpful. And I'll also touch on the personal user manual template that I'll be using with everyone who is going to be part of my new inspiring HR group coaching program. And I'll also share some tips on how to introduce and use personal user manuals as effectively as possible. So my own experience of learning about personal user manuals started about two years ago when I read Liz Fosslian and Molly West Duffy's book, No Hard Feelings, Emotions at Work and How They Help Us Succeed, which, by the way, is a brilliant book. I raced through it over a few days while I was on holiday and now I really want to carve out some time to reread it because I read it so quickly I can't remember all of their brilliant insights and ideas and advice. I'm sure you can probably identify with this. Is there a book that you've loved so much, you've read it really quickly, and then you can't remember any of the details of it? But the one thing I do remember from the book was the personal user manual idea, because I thought it made a lot of sense and it was something I hadn't come across before, so it really piqued my interest. And then about six months later, I attended a group training program where we had to create our own personal user manuals during our first session of meeting each other. So I couldn't believe it. <laughs> it was great to see this idea that I'd read about actually being used in real life. And I was able to start thinking about ways of making sure you can use these as effectively as possible because I quickly discovered that like any team activity, there's a real danger that you do it once, put what you've worked on away in a drawer and then never look at it again. So everyone forgets about it and most of the learning and opportunities that could come out of it are lost. So a minute ago, I mentioned my new group coaching programme, Inspiring HR. It starts on Friday the 10th of June that's 2022 if you're listening to this episode in the future, and it's going to take place over six weeks, with a small group of us meeting for two hours every Friday to focus on a different topic. Over the six weeks, everyone in the group will learn how to persuade and influence at a senior level, how to think strategically at work so that they're having the best possible impact, how to increase their credibility so that they're getting buy-in for their ideas at work, and the whole time they'll also be building their confidence up in themselves. Now, one of the most important aspects of the programme for me is that everyone in the group forms strong relationships that I hope will last well beyond the programme finishing. Because after all, HR is such a responsible career that requires a lot from you, that I think it's really important you've got other people who work in HR you can turn to to bounce ideas off of, to lift each other up and to support each other. 
And to help get those relationships off to a strong start, I'll be asking each person in the group to create their own personal user manual, and I have a template that I've created for them to use. Creating this template has really given me a lot of thinking time as to what makes the best personal user manual template. So I've got some thoughts about it I thought that I'd share with you. My first thought about this is that because you are the one creating your own user manual, for it to work as well as possible and be as accurate as possible, you need to know and understand yourself really well. There's that great expression that you can't read the label from inside the jar. And I think that's true. Often we don't clearly understand or we find it hard to articulate who we are and what we want and what we need. So I think that this means it can be a really good idea to incorporate some self-reflection tools to help with this. And two of the tools that I'll be using to help with this as part of Inspiring HR are a disc assessment and Gretchen Rubin's brilliant Four Tendencies Assessments. If you haven't heard of DISC before, it's something I talked about in detail in episode three of the podcast, which was called Building Relationships with Difficult People at Work. DISC is a powerful tool for helping us to understand how we're different to each other, the different things that motivate us, what's most important to us, how we behave under stress, and how we like to make decisions. It teaches us a huge range of things, and the way it works is that it has identified what it calls typical behavioural preferences. So really this is just ways that we prefer to behave and it's grouped those preferences into four different categories which they've called D, I, S and C. And so knowing and understanding each other's category, we're often a blend of two of those categories, so two of those letters, but we can sometimes just be one of them. That can be really helpful. It's the same tool as Insights, which you might have also heard of before. The only real difference between the two tools is that DISC uses letters and Insights uses colours. So if you've had an Insights assessment before, D is the same as Fiery Red, I is the same as Sunshine Yellow, S is the same as Earth Green, and C is the same as Cool Blue. Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies probably deserves a whole podcast episode all to itself. If you'd be interested in me creating a podcast episode about that, then please do let me know and I'll go ahead and record one. But just to tell you a little bit about it, so this particular assessment focuses on one aspect of our behaviour, and that aspect is how easy we find it to meet our inner expectations and outer expectations. So how easy is it for us to achieve things we'd like to do for ourselves versus how easy is it for us to do things that other people would like us to do? And you get put into one of four categories. The categories are obliger, which is me, (laughs) upholder, which is the one I wish I was, questioner or rebel. So if you're an obliger, you're normally good at meeting outer expectations, so you're good at doing things for other people, but you're less good at meeting your inner expectations. So for example, I'm hopeless about ever going to the gym or sticking at exercise normally. If you're an upholder, you're good at both, so you don't find it difficult. So if you're an upholder, I'm very envious. (laughs) I think there are fewer upholders than any of the other categories. If you're a questioner, 
You're good at meeting expectations as long as you agree it's the right thing to do. You need to understand why you're being asked to do something. So if you're a questioner, you've been given that label because it normally means you ask lots of questions. So again, knowing this about either yourself or one of your colleagues can be really helpful because if you're not a questioner and you say to someone at work, please, will you do this for me? Or please, will you help me with this? And the person starts grilling you on why and what's the project and what's the reason behind it, that may feel really annoying or like they're challenging your authority in some way. But actually, once you understand that, no, they just really need to get deep within it and properly understand it so they can get on board with it, once you know that, it again just takes away potential friction. And then rebel is the fourth category. So if you're a rebel, you can find it quite hard to meet inner or outer expectations. And I could talk about rebels for absolutely ages, but I won't now because this is just a very quick overview. But the quiz, the Four Tendencies quiz is completely free to take. I'll link to it in the show notes. If you take it and you enjoy it and you would like to learn more about it, then I'd recommend buying the book that accompanies it, which has the same name. The book's called The Four Tendencies. And there's also a podcast episode created by Gretchen Rubin that takes a deep dive into the different tendencies. I often use this assessment with my clients and then I share the link to the podcast. So I will put the link to both the book and the podcast episode in the show notes in case you would like to learn more about it. And there are a whole host of other self-reflection and learning tools and resources I could go on to share with you, but I don't want to get too carried away and put you to sleep (laughs) by getting too detailed. That is definitely (laughs) something I probably need to put on my personal user manual is that I can start getting very, very detailed about things. So I will consciously pull myself back from that. But if you'd like to hear of any more of them, then feel free to drop me an email. You can always reach me at faye at brightskycareercoaching.co.uk or just send me a message on LinkedIn. And I'd be really happy to send some more ideas over to you. If you love detail as well, don't you worry, I can <laughs> I can give you loads. And then another thing to mention about setting this whole personal user manual activity up for success is that I think it's a really good idea to have an external facilitator introduce the activity. So if you're trying to do it with your team, it's probably going to be more likely to be successful if you've got someone from outside the team, ideally someone from outside the organisation to facilitate the session for you, especially if there's any sort of pre-existing friction in that team already. Then my next tip is to let everyone know they only have to share as much as they'd like to, especially if this sort of activity is going to seem very different culturally to the kinds of things that normally take place. It might feel a little bit uncomfortable at first. And I mentioned earlier on about not putting the personal user manuals away in a drawer. So after each person in the team has taught through their personal user manual with everyone else, agree as a team when and how you're going to revisit them in the future and how you'll all keep the learnings from this time together in mind. There are certain times I think it can be particularly useful to introduce personal user manuals and all sit down and write and share yours. So for example, when you're joining a new team to head it up, 
So if you're thinking of moving into a new HR leadership role, perhaps you're just about to do it or you've moved into one recently, this can be the perfect opportunity to introduce personal user manuals. And by sharing your own personal user manual with your team, you're helping to set yourself and your team up for success and building that all essential trust right from the beginning. And if you'd like to hear more ideas about setting yourself up for success in an HR leadership role, I'd recommend listening to episode 23, which is called Setting Yourself Up for Success in Your New HR Leadership Role. And there's also episode 26, which is called How to Be Strategic in Your New HR Leadership Role. So let's just have a quick summary before I wrap everything up. As a reminder, we have covered what personal user manuals are, why they're a really good idea, some typical questions that you could include or prompts that you could include, and then finally, how to make sure that you're using them effectively and rolling them out effectively. If after listening to this episode, you'd like to learn even more about personal user manuals, I've linked to some other resources that I've unearthed about them. So there's a link to the book, Uh, that I mentioned earlier, the one that was called Emotions at Work, and there are also links to articles, videos, podcast episodes, and templates in the show notes for you. So if you're finding it hard to visualise what this might look like on a piece of paper, you can just click on one of the templates in the show notes and have a look at how other people are doing these. In fact, I have never put so much into the show notes before. They'll probably end up being the longest show notes I've ever created. So hopefully I haven't got too carried away by giving you so many extra resources, but you can dip into them if you'd like to. That brings us to the end of today's episode. I would love to spread the word about the podcast and to help as many people as possible. So if you've enjoyed this episode and you have a friend you think would find it useful, please do share it with them and encourage them to listen to it. And finally, if you're interested in taking up one of the very last spaces on the Inspiring HR Group programme, I would love to have you join us. Just send me an email and we can have a chat about it. And I'll also put a link to the brochure for it in the show notes. So bye for now. And I will look forward to being back again with more tips for your HR career next week.